Hi, this is Danielle Kursa from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 212 of Art for Your Ear. Once again, today's episode is supported by Storyblocks, an online treasure trove of media you can use to tell your own stories. Now, it's not just images, they've also got music and really beautifully shot video, too. Storyblocks makes it possible for creators to keep up with the growing demands for modern video content so that you can bring all of your stories to life without being stopped by things like time, high costs, and equipment that is required to shoot original content. Storyblocks has affordable subscriptions, unlimited downloads, and inclusive content. Sounds good to me. You can learn more about Storyblocks by visiting storyblocks.com A-F-Y-E. That's A-F-Y-E as in art for your ear, of course. So I kicked off the season last episode with a fabulous Canadian, and I'm going to keep that theme going. I didn't actually know that today's guest was Canadian until a few enlightening DMs a couple of months ago. Anyway, the fabulous and hilarious Celine Gabrielle is on the podcast. Her story twists and turns and pivots, and then it turns again. (laughs) It's inspiring and real and is cold, hard proof that this woman has energy for days. Now, for those of you who email me and say, make the episodes longer, well, have I got an episode for you. I guess that's what happens when you get a couple of Canadian gals together. A couple of Canadian gals who, as it turns out, have a ton of stuff in common. All right, if you're in the studio or driving or just relaxing quietly somewhere, sit back and enjoy the next two hours, yep, two hours of artsy entertainment. Calling Celine in Nova Scotia. Hi, Celine. Welcome to Art for Your Ear. Hi, Danielle. I'm so excited. (laughs) This is really great because all we've done is DM. I've watched your videos, you listen to my podcast, so we pretend know each other, but we don't really. And we have the weird, weird connection of the fact that when I was little, I lived in a town just down the road from where you live now. I know, so strange, hey? Well, for the longest time, I didn't even realize you lived in Canada. And then somehow I figured out that you were in Nova Scotia. And I was like, oh, I lived in Nova Scotia when I was little. And then you live in a town where my mom used to take me to this little bookstore for like, you know, story time book readings and you live there. Yes. It's weird. I don't know a lot of people from like, cause I didn't actually grow up in this town. I grew up in Ottawa. And so I only moved here in my twenties. So I don't know a lot of people unless they're like born and raised here. So to like, yeah, have that connection with you who was here, but now you're not anyway. Yeah, it's a super weird. Connection. Yeah. And you you grew up in Ottawa. Yeah, I grew up in Ottawa. I did not know that. I got married just outside of Ottawa. And my grandmother, who I talk about all the time, they lived in Elmer, Quebec, right across the river from Ottawa. Okay, my uncle still lives in Elmer now. Oh my <laughs> see now when see this is bad because you know when you travel and people are like, Oh, you're from Canada. Do you know my friend John? I know. <laughs> But we're, we're proving that it's stereotype. true. <laughs> we're making the stereotype true, but it's not normally, but today it is. It's not normally. And also to make it even worse, there was a bear in my yard yesterday to really bring the Canada stereotype home. And I had pancakes smothered in maple syrup today. So there you go. Oh God, we've got it all <laughs> checked off. Done. Okay. 
okay, great. And I assume you live in an igloo, as do I. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yeah. The yep. heating bell for this place. I mean, my God. <laughs> oh, okay, there. All the Canada stuff is out. Okay. I have so many questions for you and I'm so excited that we are doing this. And um, okay. So number one, you know how this goes. You listen to the podcast. Yes. Were you an artsy kid? A hundred and ten percent. Of course. I mean, I'm sure there are some who say no, but I think most of us were. Yeah, no, I was definitely the artsy kid that liked to create things and eat snacks while I did it. You know, I was not one of the athletic popular kids by any means. Nope, not at all. And so what kind of stuff did you do? Just like anything like craft kits and painting and so on, like whatever you could get your hands on or was there something particular that you liked? Yeah. So the cool thing that I got to experience when I was growing up is the fact that my father was a graphic designer, Danielle. Oh God, here we go. Don't yep. tell him anyway. to share it in college or something. because No, no, no. He actually is self-taught, believe oh, it or not. There you go. Um, he, yeah, he started out, well, he still, so he still does both. He's like a writer and a graphic designer. And it started with the writing, but then he like bought a newspaper. And so then he had to learn graphic design. And anyway, so he's completely self-taught. Um, with the graphics. And what happened was, this was in the 80s, there was no computers. So he did everything by hand. Mm -hmm. So he had a work studio or a workspace in, in our house and all the cool shit. Yeah. So he had the markers and the letter set and the light table and the inks and roller thing. I don't know, like you oh name it. Oh my God. Yeah, drawers full of crazy stuff that probably cost an arm and a leg and I would like ruin it and have fun with it. But it was so much fun. So he was like, and it's funny now because I'm also, I'm not a night owl because I have kids and I'm not allowed to be. But as soon as they're gone, I prefer working like in the evening and he would be up to like, you know, 2 a.m. working and I'd be in there because mom would go to bed early. So she wouldn't know. So I'd be in there like working on my projects alongside of his, you know, and and then he would, um, he would take me to the art supply store, which um, like that's Mecca. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like, it's like a candy store. Oh my for God. Kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was always like, and it would take him forever too. So he didn't care. I was like nip, picking through this and studying that and then begging him to buy me something super weird that I'd probably only use once and, you know, mess up anyway. So all that all that good stuff was really where I just started creating. Yeah. It was right alongside him. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and, and so you said that you were yeah making art and eating snacks, not the athletic type. So in high school no. and stuff, were you, did you take every art class you could? Yeah. Okay. So as a kid, I was just, you know, doing my own thing and making crafts and, and doing all that fun stuff with his supplies and stuff I found around the house. And then, um, because I grew up in Ottawa, there's an art school there called Canterbury Arts High School. Oh. And yes, it's kind of like the movie Fame. Remember that? Oh, do I? So it was all the arts. It was dance and it was music and it was drama and it was literary arts and then it was visual arts. And so you had to apply. So it was, a, it was the coolest thing because it's like a public school, but you had to apply to get in because they only had so many spaces. Right. So you have to send like a portfolio or something. Yes. Okay. So this is like super crazy. 
and really weird, but I, I think you're cutting out on me. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep going. Okay. Um, so they had a two-step application process and this was like grade eight when you had to go on audition because you went there in grade nine. So I would have been like 14, 13, 13, 14. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so you had to go through and bring a portfolio and set it all up in this one of the art rooms. And then you had to walk through with the teachers and talk about your art. Oh my God. And I mean, I know. And I, to this day, like, I can't remember all the pieces. I was so nervous and so intimidated by all of it. And I can't remember exactly, but I remember I had this one like pastel monster that I was so proud of. <laughs> but it's like, oh my God, what, I love it. what do you say about a pastel monster? Like, I don't, I don't know what I said, but anyway, so we did that part and they don't give you a lot of feedback, right? Like they just let you talk and, and see what you have to say for yourself. So you do that. Then the second half, you're going to love this, Danielle. So the second half is like a real workshop. So they send you down. Like the first was like a high school classroom, you know, kind of normal. But the second, mind you, I had like seen artists in movies. It was always like this big New York loft or whatever. So anyway, you go down to the basement and you go into one of the art studios, the painting studios. And it was like, you know, 30 foot ceiling warehouse space with all these finished works sort of leaning up in the system on one side and these huge like cement sinks that are like 12 I don't know two feet deep or something with you know like it just felt very quote-unquote real in my mind like oh my god this is like an art studio and so you're there. And I didn't know anybody else who was auditioning for the visual arts. So I didn't know a soul. And they opened the doors and like, okay, everybody grab a donkey. I'm like, what the hell is a donkey? <laughs> Which I think everybody listening, because it's an art podcast, knows what a donkey is. But just in case, it's like a wooden thing that you set up your easel on, right? So I grab, I, I'm just watching what other people are doing. I'm like, somebody's got to know what's happening here. So I grab that. I get set up. We had newsprint. I always worked on like eight you know, like printer paper size is what I was working on typically at home or whatever. So they're like, get newsprint, which of course was massive. And then they're like, grab Conte. I'm like, what the, again, like what, what is happening right now? Just so outside of my comfort zone. So anyway, I get set up and everybody's sitting there like 13 year old nerds, art nerds, looking at each other, sizing each other up, not sure what's happening next. The teacher walks in with a guy in a robe. Oh no. And that, and then it dawned on me that we're all like in a circle around a platform. Oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, they chat a little bit and then boom, Charles walks up onto the platform and oh. drops his robe. Swear to God, I'd never seen a naked man in real life in my life until that moment. <laughs> yeah. This is and just that, baptism by fire. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I can't imagine in a public high school that they're still doing that now. Like, there's no way that that, I, I don't know, somebody would have. Anyway, okay, so we're there. And all she says to us is draw. That's it. Oh. He poses and we're supposed to draw. So I had never done life drawing. I don't draw. I wasn't draw. I draw, you know, a pastel colorful monster. I wasn't drawing that. <laughs> and I never used Conte. And it's, you know, it's a little like square. So I grabbed the yeah. Conte. And I had the massive newsprint and I shit you not, my little Charles was maybe two inches in the middle of the newsprint. 
And I drew him with like the Conte pointy edge, like a pencil. Like I just did an outline with a big empty spot where the, you know, what should be right. Like it was the worst. See, you could frame that in a giant, like matted gold frame and put it in the middle of a museum. And it would be like the best thing ever. I'm so sad. I don't have, like, I wish I still had it. Cause I remember how bad it was. Anyway. <laughs> And of course, what we, I was like stunned also. Like, I think I, I don't know what was going on in my brain, but it wasn't a normal situation. Well, no, all. it's like sex ed meets a nightmare right? meets oh. art school. <laughs> okay. Can I make it even more hilarious for you? <laughs> so our model, Charles, he's like 70. Of course. And, yeah. and like roly poly, fine. Covered in tattoos, nipple piercings, and the piercing down there. No. Yes. He had it all. He was clearly an artsy fellow from a long time. You know? Wow. Like, they were not holding back. They did not hold back. It was all there. This was now in the 90s. So anyway. Oh my God. So what were the other, how were the other kids reacting? I don't, I mean, I think I was so in my own head. I don't even know if I was in my body. It was so strange. <laughs> so strange to me. Like so unusual anyway but then so that was how it started but it was an hour so then she um this is one of my teachers because spoiler I got accepted to the school um her name was Mrs. Spence and she started telling us about contour and light and shadow and using your paper and here's how you use Conte and so after the hour at the very end like what I produced still had a big bald spot you know (laughs) You know, like it was, I was making progress, but it wasn't there yet. And, um, but I think that's what they were looking for. Now looking back is that they were looking, if you take direction, if you understand the concepts, you know what I mean? Like they're looking for somebody who's open to learning. Right. And so, yeah. So then I went home and waited and the letter came in the mail and I got this, you're accepted. And that was like the happiest day. I was so thrilled to go. Did you start singing the fame theme song? Yeah. (laughs) No, it was like I until I got there. I, I grew up, I mean, I'm back in my town where I grew up and, you know, it was like, I think it was 9,000 people then. I think it's 10,000 people now. And uh, I used to watch Fame and be like, oh my God. Because oh, there was one high school in our town, which is where everybody went, you know, and um, there was one high school in the neighboring town. I guess you could go there if you wanted to, but it would be exactly the same as going here. And I would watch fame and just think, oh my God, they're so lucky. And you went to one. It was honestly, those were some of the best. I loved, I just loved it there. It was a great school. And I think artsy schools, like I talked to a lot, like even my best friend, um, who, who is still my best friend from those days. She went to a, a normal high school. She didn't go to the arts high school. Mm-hmm. And we were just chatting recently. And I was telling her, you know, it was such a good time for me and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh my God, it was not like that. Cause she went to like a football high school, you know, right, with the right, cheerleaders right. and this, that. And I think an artsy school, everybody is just like into their arts and doing their thing and don't have time to worry about like what you're doing. They're doing their own thing. So it was just a really cool environment. And that being said, I mean, sure, the drama kids hung out with drama and art hung out with art, but we also co-mingled. Like, there was a lot of people in my group that weren't, you know, that were doing drama or music, music excuse me, or whatever. Like, we all, it, 
I guess when you were in your discipline, you were kind of clicky, but then like at lunch or whatever, people commingled. It was really nice. And did you ever get to do any of that stuff? Or was it like, if you were in art, you were in art? Yeah. Okay. So the way the school was structured is our, the arts students, it was actually a local high school too. So there were kids at the school that weren't artsy that just lived in the area. Okay. So the art students came like an hour early and we did two hours every morning. And then we did regular classes with like the whole school for our academic stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so wait, what was the question again? Um, what was that? Oh yeah. Did you get to do like drama or any of that stuff? Or once you were in the art stream, you were doing that stuff was art. Right. So unfortunately I did not because, um, it just wasn't set up that way. It was just set up for, for your discipline, but I was kind of sad. I mean, not sad because when you're done high school, you're done, but, um, shortly after the year I was leaving, I think they switched it up so that the grade nines had to do like, um, they called it a foundation so that like they did their discipline for, I'm making up numbers here, but they did their discipline for like six weeks. And then they did two weeks of one of the other arts Mm. and then back to theirs for six and then something else for two. So they got exposed to all of them, which I missed out on. And I would have liked to be honest, but whatever, you know, it was still good. Yeah. And so within your art, I'm sure you got to try all sorts of things, but were you mainly painting or what was your thing? No. So this is why this school still blows my mind. Again, you pay nothing. It's a public school. So anybody in Ottawa, yeah. <laughs> um, if you want your kids to be involved in arts, check out Canterbury. So we did everything. We had this massive painting, life drawing studio. We had nude models constantly, by the way. I do have some of my nude um, like paintings and drawings, just not that first, that first one. But did anyway. Char- did Charles ever come back? Did you ever get a... Oh, yeah. a- Oh my God, they were regular. So we got to know Charles, you know, like Charles was probably the one I remember most because he was also the most friendly and would talk to us and stuff, you know, some of them just modeled and left. But anyway, so um, yeah, so we had life drawing and that, and then we also had like a full photography studio, dark room, the whole shebang. We had, yeah, we had printmaking, like with etching, like all the acid baths and everything, like what else ceramics ceramic studio with kilns and wheels and the whole like we had to do it that's insane isn't that insane can I enroll now I know I would I mean (laughs) shoot if I lived in Ottawa I'd be like volunteering all the time it was amazing yeah it was amazing it really was so yeah we got exposed to like everything um and so did you have a favorite what what was like did you well where did you hang out the most Painting. Painting was my favorite. (laughs) But I like photography too. I mean, I really like doing all of it. I hated ceramics because I got so dirty and back then I cared what I looked like. So I didn't want to mess my cute outfits. But but I understand. I I just bought a coverall for ceramics and I would just whip that on over my outfits, go to ceramics and then put that away. So I managed. But yeah, I, I I wasn't, my, my mom and dad still have some of my, cause they're so bad. Oh my God. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Anyway, it was, I do, I like anything that works with your hand, you know, like yeah, whatever yeah. it's, it's all fun. And so what did you do when you graduated then? Yeah. So that's where everything took like this weird turn. Yeah. So, because you always describe yourself as self-taught and then I'm finding out that you went to fame and then I know <laughs> so what, what happened? What happened when you graduated? Well, I say I'm self-taught because no, most people don't count high school arts, right? Like, and I would say 
I, I didn't go to art university or any university actually. So I don't know in comparison, you know, maybe it was total shit, but to me, compared to making crafts at home, the exposure I got in high school was like tremendous. Well, yeah. In, yeah. So um, anyway, so then, but in high school too, we had to do what they told us to do, right? Like I wasn't doing much independent work. It was always like, here's the project, you know, you make it your own, but they always give you themes and ideas and right. tasks and stuff. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's fine. Um, yeah. So I decided of course, I'm like, I'm going to go off and be a painter. But, uh, you know, reality started to kick in. And I, I was like talking to people and they're like, oh, you know, if you're going to starve for the rest of your life, number one, or you're going to have to do um, commissions of people's pets and family members, or you're going to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just got a lot of negative, not from my family necessarily. But I'm just, just going like, to ask, the- like, for, from who? like friends or grown-ups yeah just like generally if I would you know I don't know like I just I can't even remember like a specific person I just remember getting this overall general like poo-pooing the idea kind of vibe totally yep yep so then the one thing that was definite that I looked into so even though I grew up in Ottawa and I'm here in Nova Scotia now this is where my extended family was so I was very familiar with NASCAD, which is the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design. Yes. So, so I had decided that that's where I was going to go because bonus, I'd get to see my family and go to art school. So I was like, cool. But I started looking into the costs and I mean, my parents weren't going to pay for any school for me. So it was going to be all me. That was, that was real. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, don't quote my numbers, but you know, it was going to be like, by the time living and supply art supplies, you know, how expensive that is all that stuff. I was looking at like $20,000 a year in the nineties. Yeah. And I just couldn't wrap my head around that. And then the other thing I looked into was like the Canadian census as to what fine artists were making in 1997. Mm-hmm. And, and again, don't quote me. So I was going to go check this out. But in my mind, I remember it as being like $6,000 a year. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, school for four years, 80,000. And then I'm going to earn 6,000 a year for the rest of my life. Like, how does that, it just, just bad I, I couldn't, yeah, I just couldn't. And so I got scared. So I got scared. I got terrified and I refused like the idea of painting somebody's and again, no shade to anybody who does, but I did not want to be like a portrait family portrait painter. That was not, not something I was interested in. And I didn't want to make art. <clears throat> with other people telling me what to make. I wanted to make what right. I wanted already, to make. You'd already done that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so I'm not doing it. And then I graduated and didn't know what I was doing. So I basically took a gap year and just sat at home feeling sad and miserable and unsure of my future. <laughs> yeah. Good yep. times. Yep. I've been there. I've been there. Yep. yep. So yeah. So then from there, what happened was where my other career came in. So I was sad and miserable and my mom to cheer me up, sent me to the spa to get a manicure. And when I was at the spa, I started talking to the esthetician and she was telling me, you know, the course, you can do it in six months. There's tons of work, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, I like this environment. I like this, you know, this is nice. And so maybe I'll look into that. And so of course I looked into that. 
and decided that I would do that until I figured out what I was going to do with my, you know, like what oh, I was, yeah. what I was actually going to do. So I did aesthetics and then I did that for like 20 years. And I had, I worked in Ottawa, then I moved to Halifax and I worked there. Then I moved to Wolfville, which is where I am now and started my own business and ran that for over 10 years. Yeah. And then the big pivot there was that was all great. Like, but I didn't make it. I didn't make anything like nothing for 20 years. I was just going to ask. So were you like, would you come home and dabble? No, 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 because that's what I thought I would. I'll, oh, I'll do this or I'll do that. But, you know, I never had the space because, you know, I was young. We were moving apartments, this or that. And then I had kids and then I had my business and that was very successful. So it kept me very busy. You know, like I just, yeah. I don't, life, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure so, so many people listening right now are nodding. Like, yes. Yep. Yeah. And even though you love it, like, it's just sometimes really hard to make it happen. And it didn't yeah. for 20 years. But then listen to this. So this, I mean, life is so funny because you just don't know. Like, yeah, you just don't know. So I was doing my spa work for 20 years. And, um, because I'm in this small town, I had the worst time with staffing. So I just kept like, sort of, I started with this grandiose idea of a big day spa business with like hairstylists and massage therapists and estheticians and the whole, you know, like the, the whole thing. And it was such a freaking headache to find staff, train staff, keep staff mm. that I just kept pairing back, pairing back. So finally I went from like, I think I only ever had at the, at the peak, there were like five of us, two massage therapists, two estheticians and a receptionist. And then I just kept peeling back as I would lose people, they'd move away. And I'm like, I can't deal with that anymore. So finally the last couple of years, it was just, I downsized everything to just me. And I worked and I did the reception. I just had a small part of our house that I dedicated to that business and it was great. I mean, I was making as much income as when I had all the staff and I didn't have the headaches. And so that was good, except I was doing all the treatments myself and a lot of like facials and body treatments and manicures, pedicures, stuff like that. And I started having, having incredible wrist pain, like oh. so, so bad that I couldn't sleep at night. And I'm like propping my wrists up on pillows and icing them. And just, I just couldn't get ahead of the pain. So I went, started going to see doctors, find out what's going on. Long story short, all the specialists, this and that. I have something called Madelung's deformity. <laughs> yes. So what it is, is the two bones in your arms, um, they're uneven. They didn't grow at the same rate. And one sometimes can keep growing. Like if you Google it, you'll see pictures. Like some people's arms can get really deformed. Um, wow. So anyway, the specialist tells me, yeah. So the specialist tells me that you can like a few things. Oh, we can do surgery, but we're going to, sorry for the graphicness. We're going to have to like shave down one of your bones to make it match the other one, but then you'll probably have arthritis right away. And I was in my thirties oh and then he says, or guess what? I can fuse your wrist together. So it doesn't move at all. Then you won't have the pain or you can switch professions. So guess what I chose? <laughs> what yeah so I was forced to switch up my life like I had no 
yeah, I just couldn't do that work anymore. And he's like, I'm surprised you got 20 years out of this profession because you're born with this. This is not something that you develop like carpal tunnel. It's like, you're born with it. So I've had wow. that my whole, yeah, super weird. Okay, Although I think, hold on. How can you, yeah, sorry. how can you paint? Okay. Well, think about it though. Like I know. Well, yeah. So you're still I, using your hands. Yeah. I still use my hands, but with like body treatments in particular, or like neck and shoulder massage with facials. Like I was very, very good at facials. That was like my specialty. I love facials. Anyway, um, you're like digging in, like it's that, do you know what I, okay. You know, downward dog when you're like on your wrists. Yeah. I can't do that. So for now I have braces at like, um, I feel like Edward Scissorhands when I put them on, you know, like the big rigid (laughs) braces, I can't move. Yeah. Yeah. So if my wrists act up, I put those on. I still ice them. I still carry on. But I hold my, like, I'm not, I just hold my brush very calmly. Like, I'm not an aggressive painter. It's a very gentle painting. So it's that, it's that downward dog motion. I don't have to do that with okay. painting like you do, like you do with massage, you know, like you're digging in and putting all your body weight pressure and bending your wrist like that. Like, I don't do that with painting. And so, right. But if you're working on a big, like that big, beautiful mural you just did. Oh yeah. Like that hurt. Yeah. That was, well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause a mural hurts people without any afflictions. (laughs) It's so physical. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if murals is going to be like a regular part of my repertoire, (laughs) but it was kind of like, they asked me if I would, and I'd never done it. And I'm always, you know, I'm always up to try something at least once. So yeah, it was kind of a fun experiment, but yeah, no, so much pain. And plus, oh my God. So now speaking of the mural, I was like, when I, when they gave me the options of the walls, one of the walls, I would have had to like be in a cherry picker, like way, way up high. And it was my first mural. And I'm like, no. So this wall, I was sitting in my car and from like a fair distance, I'm like, ah, that's manageable. It's not too big for the first time. Only to find out, really, once I dug into it and started like measuring and prepping, I needed a six foot scaffolding yeah. and a ladder. And I was on top of the ladder on top of the scaffolding. Like I almost died. I almost died. I swear to God, I was on the ladder at the edge of the scaffolding and I stepped backwards <gasps> off the platform. And I didn't have, I had paint in like my hand here. And so then I had my left hand was free and I couldn't grab anything, but I'm, like press the back of my hand against the wall. And I swear I'm, I'm not religious or whatever, but something helped me not fall. Cause I did not fall. And it was terrifying. Oh my. And then you were wishing you were in a cherry picker. Then I wish I was in a cherry picker. Yeah. I did the exact same thing when I did my murals in, in Vancouver. I, I specifically was like, I do not want the cherry picker. I don't want to be trained in how to use it. <laughs> so I'm so yes. afraid of rice. And I said, so they gave me five little walls instead. Um, okay. So everybody else was doing like a big massive wall. And then I got sort of like, they're like, pretend you're like Banksy. And they gave me just like, you know, five little spots around the city where I'd go. And, uh, but they all required a ladder. Yeah. So you're up at the top of a ladder anyway. And I did yeah. fall off of mine, but <gasps> mine wasn't as high as yours, but um, I was still. Yeah. I was standing on the very top, which you're not supposed to do, everyone. I know. But I just had to reach a tiny bit. I can relate. Yeah. And I was in it, I was painting this in an alley behind a liquor store, and I was all by myself. And I 
was stepping down to come off and missed, I don't know what happened. And it was like <laughs> slow-mo. Yeah. It's just like, that's exactly yeah. what I, yes, exactly. Like, but I landed on the ground. No, that's, ex- that's, ex- I mean, that was the same. Ex- I think we had the same experience, uh, except, you know, what's so funny is <laughs> I don't know if it was during like my life flashing through my eyes or after, but I imagine like, oh my God, my head's going to be smashed open on the cement and the title is going to be like promising up and coming artist life ruined in a mural painting accident. Like, I don't know. I was, like, I was thinking that on the way down too. I was like, this is not how I want to die. I was like, oh, right? it's pretty artsy. It's kind of cool. But then I landed in this alley and I was like, oh my God. And it knocked the window to me and stuff. And I'm just lying there and I'm thinking, oh, thank God nobody saw that. And then I had this moment of, Oh no, there's nobody around. Like, I need help. Yes. Oh my God. That and then been two awful. minutes after that, the videographer guy that was shooting the whole mural festival showed up with a GoPro to put on my head. Uh, and he's like, Hey, you ready to do your uh, video? And I just burst into tears. I just fell off my ladder. Oh my God. <laughs> I was hoping that the liquor store would give me, you know, a free shot or something, but they gave me some water, but I was like, I, guys, I might need something a little stronger to get back on that ladder with a GoPro on my head. <laughs> but Nothing anyway. Like getting back on the saddle. All right, yeah. back on the ladder. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to um, have a video to shoot. I know. And so I did. I put a GoPro on my head and I went back up. You know oh what? My That's God. what so real funny. champions do. Absolutely. Life of an artist. God, right? Hashtag artist life. Um, okay. We skipped a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. So the guy says you have to change careers and you were like, oh, cool. I'll become um, a super successful artist. Is that your plan? No, okay. no. So then it's funny, like looking back at things, I see it differently. But anyway, at the time, by the way, so I had the business, I have a husband, two kids, and I started deciding that I needed, so after I had my kids, I decided, even though I've always been like on the chubbier, like artsy kid side, not the athletic side, I decided I was like going to become super fit and healthy and like, you know, anyway, whatever. I started teaching Zumba fitness classes in the evenings, like while I still had the spa. Okay. So okay. <laughs> Since I didn't have the spa anymore, I like went head first into fitness. So I continued teaching group fitness classes. I got my personal training certificate. I was doing personal training. I even, if you go on Amazon and it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you because you divulge so much on your podcast that I will tell you, I wrote and self-published a book about getting back in shape after having a baby called Baby Got Back. Oh my God. Let me jot that down. How am I going to forget so, that? I don't even need to jot that down. Yeah. So anyway, that was like my thing. And I was going to like coach like moms on getting fit and being healthy and blah, 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 blah. And so I just, I didn't give myself any break or downtime, like mourning this like big yeah. part of my life. I just was like, nope, nope. You know, you gotta, you gotta work. You've always been working. You gotta keep working. When, how old were your kids at this stage? Um, so that was, yeah. Like, so all of this happened, I guess, oh man, like 2012, 13. So what's that? Eight years ago. Yeah. So they were little. 
So they were kind of little. Like seven yeah. and five kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I decided to do that and it was okay, but I really didn't enjoy, like, I don't like personal training and uh, oh my God, so boring. Like you're sitting there one more, two more, like, no, it's just, it wasn't for me. I did like the group fitness classes. Um, but the one-on-one, I just really didn't enjoy it. And anyway, so then I was just miserable. Like I loved my aesthetics business, but this, I was doing okay with it, but it just wasn't it really wasn't me at my core. Like, that's what yeah. I think looking back, like I was trying to do something cause I was really into it at the time, but it wasn't me. So it was hard to continue. Right. Like, yeah, it's just not who I am. So anyway, um, then another really weird twist happened. So I was doing that, but my husband, uh, got a deployment to go work overseas for a year. Oh. And I just knew that I couldn't hold everything together with him being gone. So he said, just stop working and figure out what you want to do because I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't wow. in what I wanted. Yeah. So er- Eric, that's my husband. We've been together since I was 19. Wow. And we talk a lot. So he knew I was super into art. Like anytime we traveled anywhere, I'd take him to museums, you know, like he knew I was into it and always would talk about, oh, I want to do it, you know, but, 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 but I had so many excuses. So finally, you know, we talked about this decision of me not working and just taking care of the kids while he was away for that year. And he's like, and hey, guess what? You have time to start making some art now. Yay, Eric. Yay, Eric. But I still didn't, by the way, that first year that he was gone. (laughs) No, I still didn't. I was like thinking about it though. Like I was I was petering out from this fitness world and like deciding this wasn't for me. And then I was thinking about what he said and like, yeah, you have the time and space now and you really should. And anyway, finally, so finally now we'll get to the art 2018. I was not working except, you know, doing child. Yeah. 2018. It took me all that time to like figure out and get the guts to like, just try because I hadn't made anything in 20 years. So I'm like, can I even do this anymore? Yeah. Like I didn't even know. So then 2018, it was like January, February, can't exactly remember. And I was bitching to him again about, you know, what am I going to do? I'm only, I think I was 30. Yeah, I was 38. So, so young to like not have a career or any type of direction. And he's like, oh my God, just make some art already. (laughs) Like, Like, let's go. So I, they back to the night owl thing they went to bed and I went and like scrounged around I had like watercolors and pencil crayons and some watercolor paper and stuff because I had art kid art supplies but no like real art supplies yeah so but I had like for 20 years I had thought about like what would I do and what is you know like if I was going to make what would I make and so I had a tons of built up like ideas and Pinterest boards of like mood and vibe of what I was into and so anyway I I did I went and I got the watercolors and I did a like a little small nine by 12 watercolor painting and it was like red pants green shoes so yes that like fashion stuff okay yeah and And what did you think of it I loved it (laughs) I loved it I thought it was great and of course I showed him and Eric he's hilarious because he's probably like your husband he's like my biggest fan yeah. Like it's embarrassing to go in public with him anywhere because he's like, Hey, my wife, blah, 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 yep. blah, 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 you know? yeah. 
Yeah. So he thought it was fantastic, you know, and was just so thrilled, I think, that I was making again. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that, that's when I started. So then 2018 was like my year of getting back into it. And so from that sketch, I was like, it's so, I don't know, like who your listener is. If, because if people are not, if they listen to this, wanting to get into the arts but like are scared to that's like me like that there's a lot of is, those yeah there's a lot of those yeah so I think that's what was happening is I was just I was like, I was also one of those yeah well I know your story you yeah. like really got shit on by your yeah but it's the same thing like you take a 20-year break and then you you doubt all of you doubt who you are and like so many of us we're art kids. And you know, at the beginning you said, well, I think every, you know, like probably lots of everybody's, you know, an art kid, whatever, but there are people that say, no, like it just wasn't their thing until they got older. Um, and so I think like for you and me and lots of people listening, we were those art kids and then something happened, life happened, or somebody said something or whatever, and it derails you. And then when you find your way back to it, five years, 10 years, 15, 30, however many years later, there's this, yeah, you have this moment of like, oh, can I even do it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, and you start to hear all those people who are like, oh, but you're going to starve and blah, blah, blah. Like that, that stuff starts popping back into your head too. And you kind of have to just go, you know what? I'm going to listen to the five-year-old in me and I'm just going to go make stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that 2018, what I decided, but so back to my high school, like people always told me what to make. And then I made nothing for 20 years. So here I was like, okay, yeah, you have all these ideas, but like, is that what you should do? So anyway, I got on Instagram, Instagram almost instantly because I just wanted art. Like I made a new Instagram account, like nothing related to my personal life called it. Well, what it is now, Celine Gabrielle art. And I just started following artists and searching hashtags. And that's probably when I found you. And then I was obsessed with the podcast and listening to every single one and other art podcasts as well. Like I was just trying to really immerse myself because I mean, yeah, I had always continued to appreciate art, but more on a passerby type of thing, not like fully immersed. So I was just trying to immerse myself um, because again, sort of being self-taught like I didn't do a lot of art history and I wasn't current and I'm still like so much to learn but anyway one of the things I stumbled upon um was like Instagram art challenges and those were I mean those were the catalysts really like I did in that year I did three so I did uh 20 20 days of self-portraits was the first one I decided to jump on and so I would because I, I decided on that because I always liked the figure and I felt like another thing that would hold me back is, well, what if I didn't have the perfect reference or what if I couldn't think of what to paint? So I, don't, I wanted to make, force myself to do something every day and I have my face every day. Like there's yeah. no getting around it. It's there. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And so I just pushed myself to try to like do what and it didn't matter how long I spent on it It could have been a quick sketch could have been long didn't matter and I used all the supplies that I could find so it would be paint or it would be pencil it would be charcoal whatever um but I think yeah no I don't know (laughs) that's not my favorite I let that out um so I did that for but I only maybe got through like 16 days and then 
I couldn't look at myself anymore. And so I moved on and then, <laughs> and then, and I decided I would do sketching because I felt like just drawing is a good foundation for everything. And it gave me an opportunity to explore different subject matter. And the only thing I said for that was I would spend at least 10 minutes, could be more, but I had to spend, you know, commit to 10 minutes of drawing every day. Same and, and that one that you did, did, did they give you a prompt every day or did you have to just sketch you just decided you were going to sketch something whatever it might be every day or was there a prompt yes so i decided on my own so okay. for that one yeah i would i tried to sort of vary things so sometimes i would like open up a magazine and draw the first thing on the page or i would draw my coffee cup or i would literally scribble squiggles and twists and spirals or whatever like honestly i had no rules as to what i was i just had to get that pencil moving for at least 10 minutes okay and then the last one I did, because painting is actually my, my real heart, is I heard about 30 paintings in 30 days. Mm -hmm. And so again, to sort of explore ideas and test out what I wanted to do. And by this time I had like started to stock up on a variety of supplies. So I had some different, like I went and bought some gouache paints and I got mostly acrylics and watercolors. I hadn't dabbled in oils just, just yet. Anyway, so but I decided on a set size. So I did these small, like five by five. Cause at that time I had just like a corner of the den set up to make art in. So I still didn't have the space. I knew I always wanted to work large, but that was one of the things that always held me back, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to let it hold me back. So I said, size be damn, you're going to work on a little five by five square and see what you can do. And so well, and it's also good financially, right? Like you're not like, Oh my God, I spent so much on this giant canvas. It better be perfect. It's like, well, you can buy those little sets of five, you know, five pack of five by five or whatever. And it's more cost effective. So then you don't get that preciousness of, Oh God, I can't ruin this perfect thing. Exactly. And yeah. I just did paper. I just primed, I just gessoed the paper and would paint on that. Oh, okay. not watercolor or whatever. Oh, awesome. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so, so what had and so what did you do again? Did you just pick something different every day or did you have a theme? Yeah. No, so that I did start to get more into like what I'm working on now. So I did some clothes and some fashion-y stuff, but some like I also am very fascinated. I suck at abstract, but I was trying to like, let me see if I can do some abstract type work. So I was doing that. I I don't know. I just totally mixed it up and did whatever. And I don't think I made it to 30. I think I did like 22 and I quit that too. So, you know, <laughs> I quit every single challenge early, every single one, but they were all beneficial in different ways. So, you know, did you just get bored? I just was ready to move on. Yeah. I think that, you know, yeah. And I that's I was, what the point I, of it is, right? Like if you're, if you're stopping because you're, you're questioning everything and blah, blah, you know, and feeling like, then don't quit, push yourself through. But if you've like, if you're like, you know what, I got what I needed. What's the next thing? I think yeah. that's fine. And that's how I felt. I felt like it was a good exercise. It gave me the parameters that I needed to be making every day for those. Like, so that, you know, was most of 2018 took, took doing yeah. those little things and then I had by that time, like hashed out some of the ideas that I had, like, I'm not a sketchbook person, but this was kind of like sketchbook. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yep. Yep. Just working through ideas, seeing what I like, seeing what worked and that kind of stuff. And then I was ready, I guess. Yeah. To move on. But there was also like, <laughs> I'm very much like things happen. And then I, then it, you know, then I follow. So for example, 
since I had been following everything that I could on Instagram, magically an open call for a local gallery popped up and oh yeah sorry so I did those challenges and then the last thing I did was I went to a night class at NASCAD where I had always wanted to go and took oil painting because back to my Canterbury days we weren't allowed to use anything although I I mean I don't understand because there's toxic chemicals in printmaking and photography but we weren't allowed to use oil paint only water um tempera and acrylic mm -hmm. I was so going to ask if you'd ever dabbled in in your high school years with oil but you'd never touched it I'd never touched it so I did a six week or eight week I can't remember night class at NASCAD which was a huge commitment because remember I had the kids that were kind of young and I had to drive an hour to Halifax three hours in the class and then drive home I didn't get home until like 10 o'clock at night and so and it was fine you know there was a financial but I said nope I really want to learn oil painting and these YouTube videos are not cutting it. So I committed myself and that was like the best thing. It was such a good class. And I just really that, yeah, I fell in love like oil paints. Oh my God. So I've never, like, I've never touched an oil paint in my life. What? Yeah. Why not? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Hmm. It was very, it was, well, I know why I didn't do it in university because I lived in res and I, right. we were allowed to use oils. Um, most people in my painting classes used oils, but, um, and they had like setups to clean your brushes and everything at the school, but I okay. did working there. So oh. I always just worked in my res room. So I needed to be able to wash out my brushes in the bathroom, <laughs> the communal bathroom sink. And so I only ever used acrylic because I could clean up there right and then well then I quit for 20 yeah. years and <laughs> so there was that uh, yeah. and then when I started again I was just doing collage and I started playing around with gouache and a little bit of acrylic but I've just never I think these cleanup intimidates me you know what I was so like again like fear is a theme in my life it, here but well, anyway fear is a th yeah that is a theme <laughs> in everyone's life though that is for, that is so the truth <laughs> so I got brainwashed like oh it's so toxic and it's so messy and it's so complicated and at first it can because there's like all these mediums that you can mix with the paint and which one do you choose and they're all a little bit different and how to clean up but actually it's like less cleaning than acrylics or similar like I just have my little um my mineral spirits right to clean my brush in between and i have yeah. rags and i don't get up at all when i'm painting i just dip it in the mineral spirits wipe it off or i use like a thousand brushes because if i can't remember if that brush had black and now i want to use white i'm like oh just grab another brush and yeah. go again so so then at the end of the day i do then go to the sink after i've like cleaned them out with the mineral spirits and like wash them wash them at the end of the day once like that's it yeah. Hmm. It's really, I think if people tried it and had somebody like break it down super simple, I think more people would try it. And the toxicity, I mean, unless you're eating it or smearing it all over yourself, which I don't do either one of those things. <laughs> Good to know. Let me make a note of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, I don't know. I think it's totally fine. I know they say well ventilated and now 
So as I've grown, I took over like a large part of our house. So I do have like a completely separate studio and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I understand if you have a little baby toddler who's going to grab it and suck on the brush, but if you know, you have a separate space or it's just you or whatever, I don't think it's as intimidating as everybody makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. Speaking of intimidating, working with video. <laughs> yep. This is a little segue into talking about today's podcast sponsor. The creative folks over at Storyblocks are working hard to make affordable, interesting, and beautifully shot video accessible for anyone to work with, without having to be a filmmaker yourself. So, some of you might know this, but once upon a career ago, I was working as a graphic designer for a company in New York, and video content was all the rage. And to be totally honest, I was completely freaked out. (laughs) I was so nervous heading into every single project because video was not even close to my forte. Now, I wish I'd known about Storyblocks back then because they could have helped me out of a bunch of creative jams. Anyway, if you ever need help getting out of a creative jam, Storyblocks is going to be able to help. They've got unlimited downloads of photos, music, and video, affordable subscriptions, and inclusive content. Pop over to storyblocks.com slash A-F-Y-E. That stands for art for your ear. Storyblocks.com slash A-F-Y-E to learn more. Okay, let's jump back in and find out what Celine learned in her night class at NASCAD. Okay, go on. So you take your class at NASCAD. Yeah, okay. So I take and are you starting to work NASCAD. bigger at this stage? So again, they tell you like to bring your own supplies. So they're like, bring a canvas of such and such a size. So I was doing what they told me to do um, and pushing it a little bit. Like I emailed my instructor and it was like eight by 10. I'm like, can I do like 11, 14? And she's like, yeah, whatever. Like as long as we have space, you can, you know, go a bit bigger. So I was going as big as I could, but she, I loved her class because um, so the first session or so was like that, like how the solvents and safety, blah, 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 boring stuff. Right. But then when not boring, necessary, but not the most exciting (laughs) hands-on. So then when we got to the hands-on stuff, it was like one week you had to do landscape. I I'm, I'm not a landscape person, but I did it anyway, because we had to do it. You know, the next week we had to, um, she had a life, a life model. So we had to do that. Then the next week it was, um, your self-portrait from a mirror. Then the next week, it was your self-portrait from a reference. Anyway, every week, because they were three-hour classes, right? So every Mm -hmm. week she had like it broken down. Oh yeah, the first week was a still life actually, just in black and white. Anyway, so yeah, she had this structure um, laid out in the class that was just really easy to progress from, you know, the basics into your more, the life drawing the, the live model was, I think the last one mm-hmm. most complicated. Yeah. So anyway, so we did those and I only finished one actual painting from that class. The rest are all kind of like works in progress and that's fine. But then that's when this open call came in. So now I was working with oil, but I hadn't really done anything that was like truly my own until I saw that open call. And the theme was under the influence So they were looking for um, you to submit works based on or how your work references somebody who's influenced you, I guess, was sort of like the idea. Okay. So, yes, the fashion thing. Yeah. So, 
Danielle, I think you're running out of time. I'm just like, no, oh no, God. I'm not. I'm just sitting, I'm just sitting here with my record button going. Okay. I'm all okay. good. You keep going. All right. People love the long episodes. Whenever I do like an hour and a half episode or something, they're like, yeah, longer even. I'm like, oh my God. So you're good. Keep going. Okay. I just don't, I just want to be considerate of your time. That's all. Oh no, I'm good. I've got nowhere to be until I have to pick my kid up in three hours. So we're fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Or make a few hundred cigarettes. Yeah, I will. I'll probably do that today too. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so, okay. What happened? Under the influence. Under the influence. Right. So one of the things that I did and dabbled with, like, while I was really young, I was doing the aesthetics, but I was still hadn't given up on the art stuff. So I started making clothes because also, I didn't want to wear what anybody else was wearing. And so then I got into sewing and making fashion. And so then I was doing that. And so then the, that's how the sort of fashion thing factors in a little bit. So that was always there. Obviously, I didn't pursue that either. Anyway, so now fast forward, I decided I was going to paint fashion. And one of the influences, so not only was my dad a graphic designer, but my mom, who says she's not creative she's a liar. She is so creative in her, like, she might not be a, like, quote artist, but she's so creative and does her own thing. And like, I was just thinking about that. She, when she got married in the sixties or yeah, sixties, she crocheted her own wedding dress, which by the way, was like an ultra mini, like ultra mini. Wow. like see-through she had a skin color bodysuit underneath and the sleeves were long and like kind of belled and they like matched where her skirt ended like it was so cool and she had a short pixie cut like she was like so So cool cool. she's still so cool anyway so she would like decorate our house and our house was like this so in the 90s all my friends all the like cool sporty athletic girls were wearing like esprit sweatsuits and then like on picture day they had like laura ashley floral dresses right (laughs) but me i had like my sister's hand-me-down acid wash and the salt and pepper like lopsided haircut you know like (laughs) that was that was was my vibe and at my house it's because of my parents like my mom the house she completely renovated the house I grew up in well her my dad but it was like a lot of my mom and it was like this art deco antiques mixed with like red leather sofas a la 90s like nobody's house looked like my house and they would have they had some original art um, from like local makers but then we also had prints and one of the prints that I adored was Tamara Dillampinka are you familiar with her? No, I'm not familiar with her. Tell me more. Okay. So she's a female Polish painter who was very um, successful in the 20s. Oh. And if you Google her images, like, so she's actually, like, now she's been long gone, right? But, like, I think one of her paintings auctioned like crazy high millions. Like anyway, Madonna owns her work. Like she's wow. what's her, can you say your name again? Yeah. Tamara. Yeah. De, D-E Lempinka. And I don't, I, I, I would have to Google it. Cause I'm yeah, terrified. I'll throw that into Google. Google will tell me how to do it. 
Okay. Okay. Awesome. I can't, I can't, I can't spell to save my life, but if you look at her paintings, so she did these like stylized, elegant, glamorous people and the way she did fabrics just like blew my mind. And I think if you look at her work and then you look at my work, you can definitely see how she was a, an influence in, in my painting style. Hmm. So that's who I thought instantly. I was like, oh my God, here's what I want to paint. I had it in my brain because I'm not a sketchbook person. And I could totally connect it with the work of Tamara de Limpinka. And so I had a week because of course you get the open call notification when you have no time. Yeah. <laughs> or like not a long time, not a long time. And so I started painting and I was like, I got a week and luckily it was summer and my kid, my Eric had taken the kids away to go visit his family and I didn't go. <laughs> so I was alone and just like painting like a mad crazy person as long as I could figuring out how to do this like 36 by 36. And it's a so side profile of a woman with like this blue aqua colored, like ruffly coat. Oh yes. Yep. So that was the first thing. And I was not ready. So the ending was Friday at five o'clock. You had to submit your photos and it was humid as hell in here. So the paint wasn't drying. I hadn't even started on the skin on the face. I had just done the jacket and started the hair. And anyway, I took a picture. So I just said, screw it. So I lay it down. I didn't know how to take a picture. I lay it on the living room floor, got up on a ladder, back to ladders again, and like tried to not screw up the perspective, took a photo, sent it in, and then I waited. And then um, I was accepted. So it was the first time I had ever like shown my art to any, well, first time finishing a large scale painting like that, first time showing it to anybody outside my friends or family, and I was accepted. And then guess what happened? Someone bought it. She yeah, she put the painting in the window before the show opened and it sold. Oh my God. I know, like literally, I was so shocked. I couldn't believe that this was happening. It was just, yeah, I don't know. It was mind blowing that, yeah, that I was, well, because it was my dream. Like I wanted to be an artist my whole life. So the fact that A, a gallery owner would put my work in her gallery and B, some complete stranger would buy it just completely blew my mind because I feel like those naysayers way back in like one fell swoop, I proved them wrong. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can make some, I didn't make a lot off of that first painting to be fair, but you know, but you did it, was, but you did it. Yes, I did. And that's what happened. It's you got to start somewhere. And yeah. so I had started and that was it. Like that, oh then I just, God, that's just so exciting. And so did you just kind of not look back? Like that was, well, I mean, it's still, so that was, so that was 2019 when that happened. Right. Yeah. So then I just, I didn't know what to do next. Um, oh my gosh. I started, obviously I started painting more. So yes, I did continue painting and making stuff. And then again, back to the good old Instagram, I would see like the other art fair and, um, mm -hmm. open calls for like art fairs. And so I started trying just to apply and see like who else would take me. Basically. So when you, when you were doing that, um, I mean, the nice thing about it was you were 20 years older, which I think there is something 
there's confidence that comes with age, right? Because you just sort of know who you are, but were you feeling, cause you're on Instagram, it's so fun to watch you because you'll talk about the fact that you like apply for all this stuff and some of it you get in and some of it you get rejected and you are very transparent about that, which I love. I think it's so nice to hear that, to know the truth that, you know, you don't get into everything you apply for. No one, nobody does. Right. Um, but when you're starting to apply for this stuff, do you have the nerves of like, Oh God, what if I, what if that first one was a fluke and I never get accepted to anything? Or were you more like, what, you know, who cares? Let's give it a whirl. I think, I mean, it was, yeah, it was both, but definitely the give it a whirl at that point. I mean, I had been through, you know, I was, so then I was, I think 40, you know, by the time 2020 came, like 2019, 2020. And I had had bad things happen. Like I had to quit my career because of my stupid wrist. Like that was a huge, like life was going along. Everything was great. I won awards for that business. I was like booked all the time. I was making money. It was all good. And then boom, you're done. Right. So you know, like all kinds of, and then there's, you know, all kinds of other crazy stuff that happens in life. So you're right. I think being older, well, back to when I wouldn't do it because I didn't want to paint what other people wanted me to paint or like commission work or whatever. Yeah. This time, this time that was it. Like I was painting what I wanted to paint the way I wanted to paint it. I didn't give a, I didn't care if people told me, you know, that's nobody will want that or whatever. Cause I obviously thought that myself, but then, like I say, that little, I think, I think when you do get a little nugget of goodness, like I got with that gallery and that, yeah, the, the buyer, it, yeah. it just gave me a little bit of that boost to make me overcome the next thing. Right. And like, yeah. you know, so no, I love that you bring up that I share this stuff online because the thing is what I love about, um, I mean, I guess I'm so honored that you asked me to be on the podcast because like a few of my idols have been on your, like, so I listen to this podcast in awe and admiration with these artists, but I'm always still wondering like, okay, so I know you had CJ Hendry on the show. Who's somebody I really uh, admire the way she's doing her, not just her artwork, but her business and her practice and all of that good stuff. But I'm like, how did you go? I still feel like I'm missing part of the puzzle. Like, how did you go from drawing in your bedroom in Australia to like now putting on these epic (laughs) shows like across Australia? Like, I'm just, I need more information. And so where I'm like still such a newbie artist, like right down in the bottom of the totem pole, still in the weeds, I want to share with people like, here's how it happens. And hopefully I'll, I'll keep you know, I'm hoping that I'm going to keep progressing and moving forward, but I don't want to like glaze over all that messy, nitty gritty failure stuff that happens alongside with the good stuff. Does that make sense? Totally. And I just, I think it's, you know, I think it's just so important to have that conversation. Um, because, you know, when I started my blog, I never, you know, you've heard the story. I never did it to get an audience. I was just, it was self-therapy, complete therapy, But then people were like, they got it. Like the jealous thing or my tagline at the beginning was, damn, I wish I thought of that. And people were like, totally. And I was like, wait, what? Like people get that? I thought that was just me. And so my whole thing from the beginning has been to be, and it's scary to be vulnerable and to, to put it all out there. But I think 
that's when you get the really true connections. And that's when, I don't know, like that is the beauty of the interweb, right? Is like conversations like this, like you're on the opposite side of the country from me and we can have this conversation. So there's something really nice about that. But I think having the conversation to be like, yep, I apply, you know, I applied for 10 things and I got three of them and I felt sad after the rejection, but then I got fired up and decided to apply to 10 more just to spite them or, you know, whatever. Like it's, it's so refreshing to have it said out loud. Yeah. You know, and I think that's probably why both of us like our good friend, Ashley Longshore, because yes. she sort of says all the stuff without apologizing. <laughs> like she just, yes. She's so blunt and it's very refreshing in, in the Instagram, the perfection of the Instagram world, you know? Yeah. So Ash is another one I deeply admire and you too, Danielle, like you've done so much to like, you know, keep me inspired. And I think just like so many others, right? Like it's finding it's you. It's true. I am, I am quite <laughs> inspiring. No, but you are <laughs> because A, you have your own story and then B, what you get out of people are other artists, what you get them to share, which helps the rest of us. So that's pretty special. You know, I really value that and appreciate that in you. So thank you, Danielle. Well, thank you. But thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then Ashley. So Ashley's so great because you're right. She's just out there. And on top of that, it reminds me like this. I don't know who this quote is by, but it was one that I comes back to me often. It's like, say what you mean and mean what you say. Cause those that mind don't matter. And those that matter don't mind. Right. Have you heard yep. that before? Yep. I love that because that's the thing. Like I'm never going to like my art is not for everybody. There's going to be people who absolutely hate it. And I don't care because yeah. it's what I want to do and I like it. And so the people who like it will be there with me and the people who don't can just keep on scrolling. Right. Like, yeah. And you know, I think that was like my big problem coming out of art school and then quitting was that I was so worried about what other people thought because in art school, you have to be because you're getting graded, you know, like you have to worry what your prof's going to think. Yeah. And you know, you're heading into those critiques every week and they can be soul crushing. And so you want people to like it. So you, even though you don't have a specific assignment by, you know, third or fourth year, you want to be making work that the people surrounding you are going to like. And I think it sets you up for failure in those situations because then you graduate and you're like, oh God, okay, now what do I make? And will everyone like it? And, and I was young and insecure and, you know, whatever. And so coming at it again, 20 years later, at a point where I'm like, I don't give a shit what other people think. Like, yeah, I'm just totally. going to do this for me. And I love that you're at that place. Yeah. And it, so I was in my arts high school. I was not an art star in my class. There were two and every class, you know, they were the ones that the teachers talked about and praised and this and that. And I remember like, I'd be working away happy as a clam. And then as soon as the teacher would like walk behind me, I'd like stop or try to like stand up and cover what I was working on. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like embarrassed because I knew they weren't going to say anything about it because I wasn't like the, you know, I wasn't the best in the class by any means. Well, and that's, means, why I, but... that's why I worked in my restroom. That yep. work in the studio that they gave you. I mean, it's, it was a beautiful brand new building and fourth years got their own studio. And I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, guess, I'll stay I... in this six foot by six foot um, restroom. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, I get it. It's, I think it's pretty, 
you know, relatable. Yeah. It's universal. But anyway. Okay. So, well, I have two things I want to talk about. One. Yeah. I'm just going to, this is a total tangent, but okay. I'm, on, I'm on your Instagram feed right now. I yeah. actually just found the picture of you in grade with the, with the lasers behind you. Oh, the laser. Yeah. Yeah. With your salt See? and pepper hair. So that will be in the post. Um, anyway, I'm just, <laughs> cause I wanted to scroll back and see the piece that you talked about that, you know, that, that one that sold in the window and I found it and yes. oh, I can't believe that was your first like foray. Cause it is insanely beautiful. Thank so here's you. my question for you. Cause you've said a few times that like you wanted to try abstract, but you were like, mm, I, you know, didn't think you could do it. Have you ever done a piece that's just the fabric part without the people in it? No. Would you ever, or, or is the figure really important to you? Well, so here's the thing now, you know, and this is another interesting thing. So I've always been drawn to fashion, but now as I've been growing as an artist, I'm like, well, why, you know, why am I interested and what is it about it? And the thing is, what I've discovered that I'm actually super interested in is identity mm-hmm. and, and what fashion means to us, like why we wear what we wear, what's the history. So there's another one that you'll see that was fairly early on again, mm-hmm. um, 20, 2019. I was downtown in my little town and there's a little cute vintage store and there was this beautiful retro yellow ruffle dress and I was like oh my god I because I that's another thing like um some of the paintings are found images but what I'm moving towards is like styling my own and or getting there's a few now with like backstories from real people and it's their clothes and I just love that so Mm. as much as I love the fabric I do love the people but the reason okay so the reason I crop things the way I do is like that's my version of abstracting it like you're not getting the whole picture so even though it's figurative and you can't tell what it is it's still to me kind of abstracted Mm -hmm. and also I love that you can't always see the whole figure or the distinguishing figures a lot or not figures the distinguishing um, features of the person because a lot of people Um, who have seen my work or bought my work, they see themselves in it. Like something about the work resonates with them. Yeah. And I love that. So that's really cool. But back to the yellow. So I saw this and I'm like, oh my God, I want to paint that. So I went into the store and I said to the owner, can I like rent it for a day? Cause it's like a size minus zero. Like it would never even fit around my thigh, let alone my whole body. Right. So I'm like, can I rent it for a day just to put my ballerina daughter into it and then (laughs) photograph it? And she's like, well, it's on consignment. I don't own it. Um, So I'd have to get in touch with the owner and let you know. I'm like, well, would you mind doing that? She said no. So she got in touch with the owner and like immediately the owner called me and said, oh my God, I can't believe you want to paint this this dress because I've had such a hard time. Like, I don't want to let go of it because here's the backstory. And she tells me the story. So I'm, again, I'm not great with names and dates, but basically her great aunt's family immigrated from Russia. 
So it was bad times in Russia. They had to flee. Her great aunt's mother with 13 kids put them on a freaking wagon, drove through the Ukraine, had all kinds of issues. One of the kids died. Like, I'm not trying to make light. Like, oh this is God. a heavy, heavy story. So they go through. Then they come to Canada through Pier 21, which is now like right close to where I live, right? They come to Pier 21. They're sent out west. They're farmers. They start farming the land. Crazy, crazy floods out west. They flee again. They go back to Ontario, start farming again. And finally, like they have a normal-ish life, right? So now they're living their life in Ontario. This great aunt is going to be the first one in the whole family to graduate high school. Huge deal in their family. So everybody like pitches in. They drive to New York City to buy her a prom dress. And it's that dress. And it's like a Vogue Miss, beautiful. Yeah, right? And so that's the dress. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, not only is the dress stunning, but it just stands for so much. Like, it's a celebration and overcoming adversity. And it just, I just love that aspect of fashion. And so, yeah, I'm trying to incorporate a lot more of that. So then just to paint the fabric, as like just a completely abstract I mean never say never but I do like the figure yeah because I I like that it's tied to a person Mm -hmm. totally I just I wanted to ask that because I thought yeah I wonder if she's going to end up because you know some of your pieces like there's just a hand or like a tiny little like there's a bit of a collarbone like you you know like you said you crop it so you don't really see the people and I thought oh I wonder if she's going to end up just painting fabric at some point so I just wanted to be right so I just threw it out there so that if that ever happens I can be like I knew it well you know what's funny you might you might be right because I've been having so I I mean I know you're transitioning you're doing like cigarettes yes you know where you're growing and changing and so that's where I am too I've like got so much stuff going on in my brain and then I'm like okay so I love fabric and I love the history of clothes and I da da da. So I'm like, what if I, like you said, what if I just painted the fabric and then had the fabric printed on fabric and then like <gasps> made clothes of the fabric with the printed fabric? <laughs> OMG, yeah. I don't know. It was just one thing that has come up recently um, <gasps> because you know what? This is so funny. So I live in my house and I work in my house and I go nowhere and it's a tiny town. And so I, that's exactly like me. (laughs) Yeah. So I live in like boring sweats. Like my style when I moved here in my twenties was like wearing high heels every day. And now like, I'm desperate to get a new pair of Burks because mine are falling apart. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just, my whole fashion has just plummeted, but Next, in two weeks, I'm going to go to an art fair in New York, and I I have to look the part. So I've been, like, thrifting, and my mom and I went to the fabric store and got patterns and fabric, and she made me clothes to wear in New York. (laughs) Oh, my God. You need to document all of that. I know, right? She's the best. And it's like, well, and when you were talking about your mom, like, and you were saying like, oh, I love the stories of the fashion. It's like, no kidding. If your mom crocheted her own wedding, of course you love the stories of the fashion, you know, it it totally makes sense. And um, this is why I have a podcast. So I can find these things out. Yeah. And that actually, so again, like 
as a newbie artist, people are like, well, collections, collections, because I just paint what I want to paint when I want to paint. And I've never painted like a quote collection. But then I'm like, okay. So now I started like this idea of the secret life of Scotians, Nova Scotians, right? Because what I think of Nova Scotians is like farmers, fishermen, like that's what I grew up thinking in Ottawa. I was like city mouse. I came here with my country mouse cousins and we were like, oh my God, you guys like not cool at all. (laughs) Anyway, but now that I live here, there's so much more if you peel back the surface like that dress and then another painting I did. So did you see the one that's got like the big brown ponytail and like the glitter fringe jacket? Yes. So this is another incredible story. I'm going to take up so much time. I'm sorry, but keep going. So I was downtown one day and I um, ran into this woman with, or actually person with crazy style. And I was just like, oh my God, you like, are you from here? Because your <laughs> style, like, where'd you come from? Your style is amazing. Anyway, long story short, they won MasterChef Canada. I know you, what? yeah. So Jennifer Crawford won MasterChef Canada. And was here because in Wolfa, we have this big festival called Devour, which is food and film. So they were here to participate in Devour. And I made a little connection with her, with them. Sorry, I'm, don't hate me, everybody with the gender pronouns. I'm trying my best. Okay, so they were, yeah, they were here and we made that Instagram connection. And then I reached out to them and said, would you because they had posted photos of themselves in their awesome fashion. I said, would you ever consider posing for me for a painting? And they said, yes. So I, so they just moved back here from Toronto because they won master chef and was like, this is where I want to be because they grew up in Amherst, I think. (laughs) So they moved back and then I went to their house and we went through the, fashion and picked out a few things and I took hundreds of photos and then she told me the story of that jacket which they made and they made it after oh my they ordered all the supplies because they were away um dealing with some trauma and recovery um they're sober now but it was a hard time and when they came back they made this jacket as like a celebration and overcoming and it's like glitter fringe right and so again I'm just like yeah it's beautiful but I love what it signifies you know and and that they made it themselves and then it was like this triumphant change of life and anyway so yeah those are all the things so back to my secret life of Scotians that's what I want to do I want to find like these yeah. Nova Scotians who don't fit the mold of what we stereotype, like the back to the igloos, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Our maple syrup. Yeah. Right. Not everybody out here is fishing and farming, right? Like there's and nothing against that, but there's so much more to it. So I'd love to like document that through paintings. Yeah. That's such a beautiful idea. I was just saying that to somebody here because I don't leave my house either. And yeah. um, the thing is the Okanagan Valley is filled with amazing artists especially in the last few years where you can work online like you don't need to be in Toronto or New York or you know you can just be in your tiny town and still be creating and uh, there are so many people here doing amazing things but you just have to 
poke around to find them, you know? And so I love that you're going to poke around and find them. Yeah, that's, I think I want to do a collection sounding all um, with that, with with that theme. Cause yeah, I just have to say it like that every time you say it collection, my, my (laughs) proper collection. Yeah. And then, but then I'm like, Ooh, but then we're like, what about across Canada? What about, you know, like, so then it, yeah. So it's, my brain is just like, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you ever have that I could do. Yeah. You never seem to have problems with jumpstarting yourself between, between changing careers and projects. And you seem pretty (laughs) self-motivated. I guess, but that's not how I see myself, which is funny. Well, you should listen to this back and you'll be very proud of yourself because (laughs) it's just like, geez, like such a dynamo. And I mean, your videos are so funny. Like I, I love, well, speaking of Ashley, so, um, I loved that little, little situation that occurred. So, I think, um, so I have my newsletter now, my no such thing as too much art, um, society newsletter. And every Saturday I do a spotlight, um, a society member in the spotlight. And so I did a spotlight of you and yes. Okay. No, no big. So wait, wait, I have to like flip the script on you and be like, how did I even get in your newsletter? Because I want, that's what I want to know. Like, this is a missing link for me. It's like, I applied. So was it because I applied or like, how did you decide to feature me? That's what I want to know. Well, you subscribe to my newsletter, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Of course. Obviously. So, so, um, on Saturdays, I always just pick somebody who is a subscribing member because it is shocking to me how many uber talented people are in that community, right? I think there's like a thousand people that right. subscribe to it right now. And everybody's just amazing. And so I was okay. like, well, I gotta spotlight these people. So every day, every Saturday when I'm writing that post, I just go through and like, I, I just surf through and look. And um, and I'll pull out like five or six people and then I go check out their work. And I was like, oh, because I'd been following you for a while already and I was like, I didn't know she subscribed. And so that was an easy no brainer for me. I was like, there you go. There's my spotlight for today. And so in my mind, I was just like, phew, I've got somebody, <laughs> like I've got my post written and uh, it was a good excuse to show you off your work. Cause I already loved it. Um, but Ashley also a subscriber and yeah, she saw it and she always teases me when she's on the podcast that I've cost her a fortune. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she buys art from like everybody I post about. She's, she, we have very similar tastes. So she ends up buying a lot of stuff. So I write about you in the newsletter. Yeah. I move on with my day. Then I don't know if you posted or she, I think she posted on her stories, mm. just bought this piece yeah. uh, from Celine Gabrielle. And I was like, what? I was like, I just wrote about her thinking what, what kismet that was. And then she was like, yeah, no kidding. I, I saw it in your newsletter. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then, yeah. You it, and it was like a whole thing. It was very exciting for me. Listen, I, okay, this is so good because I applied through your subscription or sub, um, submissions on your website. Oh, okay. You know? okay. Yeah. Not, not once, but twice. I mean, I know you got a lot of, a lot of people, people submitting stuff, but I'm like, oh my God, it actually worked. But actually, I don't think it, it, it had nothing no, to do with that. No, it had it. nothing to do with that. No. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 But yeah. anyway. <laughs> the, but I do the, get a lot of my posts from my submissions, just so people know. I get 
probably 200 a day. Yeah, I know. I figured that. Like, yeah. I know that you'd be overwhelmed with it, which is why I applied more than once. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was the most hilarious thing because, so you just finished saying, you know, you seem self-motivated, but I really have very low days. Right. And so it was a Saturday and it was a low day. I was just feeling like, you know, maybe I had gotten a bunch of rejections back from stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was that time of the month. Who knows? I think but it, it was, was something because I remember your video. Wasn't there something about you were going to be in a show, but it got canceled because of COVID? Yes. Oh my God. You remember my life better than me. So yes, I was going to go to the other art fair in Brooklyn. Right. Yes. And the borders weren't open and they're like, eh, you probably shouldn't come. We're going to refund you. You can come to the next one or whatever. And I was like really bummed because it had been oh my God, I've only still to this day done one art fair in Toronto because of COVID, right? Everything right. just got canceled. Yeah, because and, you just anyway. got started in 2019 and then everything mm -hmm. shut down, yeah. Yes, okay, so then I'm sitting there and I have my cup of tea and I'm like settling in on my couch and I open Instagram and it says Ashley Longshore message and I'm like, what? And I open it and it's just Ashley saying, hi, I want to buy some of your art. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like. Everybody says, were you like jumping up and down? I was like, no, I was like, I'm being scammed. This is not real. What is happening? So I just sat there like alone, dumbfounded, staring at my phone for a second. And then I'm like, okay, scroll up. Cause you know, when you like comment on somebody's stories or whatever, all that history is there. Like she's never responded to me ever, but I'm always like, oh, that's cool. Or whatever. On right, her stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, it's the account that I've been messaging. So it must really be her. So then I'm like, Oh, hi, you know, trying to be all professional or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh are you interested in my collection? Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to like do my best to not to, but actually I say that I was being professional, but I think I probably said like, oh my fucking God, Ashley. Yes. Or something. I don't know. I said something that Ashley can relate to. I knew it would yeah. be okay with her. Yeah. Anyway. And then she types back to me in real time. I'm like, what is happening? So she's like, can you send me a price list? I'm like, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I run down to my studio in my pajamas, like must make price lists on Canva very fast. So, so I'm like doing that. So then I message her. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm um, trying to put something together. I'll email it to you shortly. And she's like, eh, sends me her like cell phone to text her images. She's like, just send me some pictures. I was like, what? So I just sent her what I had, like the few paintings that I had available. And then I'm sitting there and my phone rings with a FaceTime with a weird number. Nobody FaceTimes with me except my husband and my kids. So I'm like, oh my God, it's, and I look like shit, obviously. And I'm like, no, I can't answer. I look awful. And then I thought, are you an idiot? It's probably Ashley Longshore. Are you not going to answer for Ashley Longshore? So I answer and sure enough, it's like Ashley's big smiling face. Hey, you know, oh my God. You know, like to me, I don't get starstruck to be honest. Like celebrities. Yes. I, I follow pop culture. That's like a thing. I love it. But the reason why it's so exciting to me, somebody that like, I actually, I just admire like what she's doing, her artwork. Yes. But also just her as a person. So that was why it was like so amazing. 
uh yeah so anyway as we're talking she's like show me and i had hung stuff on the wall and she's like okay i want that one and then she wanted one that i did of like rings and like it there's like a big knuckle ring that says cool and it's like peace fingers i'm like eh, i'm sorry i already sold it she's like why are you sorry i'm like i know i'm not i'm not sorry sorry but i'm, like, I'm canadian like, i have no choice i have yes. to be sorry <laughs> yes so then she's like well can you do a commission for me of my hands and my jewelry i'm like yes of course anyway and then she just throws in the conversation yeah because i saw your art on the jealous curators newsletter <laughs> so i didn't even know that you had featured me like i didn't know when i was talking i'm like how the hell is ashley longshore calling me when like how has she even seen my art and it was because of you danielle uh, isn't that uh, crazy this brings me so much joy it's like when I hear these like connections that happen because of, of me, I feel, yes. like, I feel like this like matchmaker, this you are. matchmaker and it, it brings me so much joy. Like I was probably more. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh my God. That's so funny. I love and that. So is the, I've seen, I saw the ring painting, um, the commission sort of in progress. Is it done? And Okay, so Ash is probably gonna shoot me because I worked my ass off. It's like the most detailed painting I've ever painted. So it was a challenge, but I love it. It's awesome. And I was in my mind finished. And then, as I mentioned to you at the beginning of our conversation, I had to go away for a week. And so I just left it to dry because oils take forever to dry. So it wasn't drying. So I haven't shipped it yet. And then I came back with fresh eyes and decided, oh, it's not finished. So then I think she was expecting it to like be dry and shipping out now. But little does she know, I've actually added another layer. So now it's going to be like another few weeks to dry, but it's worth it. I totally think it's worth it. it I would have been mad had I sent it in that other finished not finished state but now it's really finished so yes now it's just drying so another couple oh, of weeks because oils do take a while to dry so that you know it's going to be a while to dry and then and then i'll ship it out to her but nice. yeah she'll, she'll understand she'll understand that she'll understand she'll it's like i say it's worth it it just made it was like the icing on the cake or the cherry on the top it just needed yeah. that little extra zhuzhing to make it just right you know so and isn't that, it yeah, is that's so amazing when you do go away and come back and you're like oh I purposely do that now sometimes with my cigarettes and stuff downstairs in my studio. I Peter um coin, you know, you've yeah, yeah, right. Peter coin. Um that was one of the things she told me to do is just to like walk away for like a day or or longer if you can and then come back and it's amazing what you see. Amazing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you that you added your extra flourish. That is awesome. And I, I just really seriously, all that stuff, just those matchmaking stories make me so happy. Well, I, I couldn't yeah. be more appreciative. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, okay. So this has been the longest podcast ever, which I love. <gasps> sorry. To... No, see, don't say sorry. You little Canadian. I know. I know. I know. I just... um, okay. So before we we're going to do, I didn't have, well, you know that I'm sweaty. I should, we jumped on <laughs> the beginning. I just came straight from the gym and I'm super gross. And I was like, oh, I didn't write the not so speedy speed round questions for her. So I'm going to wing it. I'm just okay. going to make out questions as we go. But I wanted to ask you before, um, before that, 
do you have any, is there any big projects that are underway? Well, there's your Scotians, but is there any projects that you wish that you were doing that we can put out into the universe to float around? And is there thing, well, you've done your mural now, like, is there anything that you, or a brand you want to collaborate with that we should put out into the world? Well, um, I sort of already pitched a little secret collaboration, which I have, I don't have any, nothing's happened yet, but yeah, send good vibes for my little collaboration that I already pitched to somebody special. Okay. Okay. But then, do you know what? Okay. So speaking of this, this weird thing, so both being featured by you and having Ashley Longshore buy my work was like on my super crazy, awesome goals list for this year. And yes, you said that in your, that little video, which was so awesome. Yes. Okay. So that, those two things have happened. So something that is on that list that I will share, which is kind of fun and not necessarily art related, but also kind of inspired by Ashley. So do you know how Ashley was a judge on, oh, I can't Project remember which runway? Project Runway. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm like inspired by Ashley. I'm like, you know what? I want to be a judge on Drag Race Canada because I... <laughs> love that show i love that show and they have like guest judges who are like super fans but i also have like an artistic eye so maybe you know if anybody I has connections it. and needs a like guest judge call and me you up just imagine what you could paint from that show right. right or back to like i think that's part of the other thing like ashley designed fabric for them to use on project project runway Fabric on fabric. Oh, it's yes. all together. Right? So anyway, that's like a that's like a super fun one. And then the other one that I'm gonna like, I know I've heard you talk about like for you, it was MoMA, which obviously, hello, I'd like to be in MoMA too. But I grew up in Ottawa and I spent hours at the National Gallery. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that would be like my ultimate. That would be like I mean, I have so many crazy dreams, but to have any, even one piece in the National Gallery as part of something, like that would be ultimate. Wouldn't that be ultimate. amazing? Yeah, I've spent That'd so much amazing. time in that gallery too. And uh, I just think anything like that would be so um, surreal to just would, to find yourself in that moment. You know, like I really want to show in Venice. And yes. I had an opportunity to show next year and I couldn't get the grants or like I couldn't I couldn't uh, happen and but that just instead of being bummed about it I'm gonna just say well it's because it's the wrong year and so Peter right. and I were talking about it and I, I finally got the work all done I've got a show locally here at a small museum here in um March of next year March April May but Peter made a really good point um because that's just a regular, it's a beautiful gallery, but it's just a gallery, you know, and I'm going to have it photographed nicely and everything. But she said, this work would be amazing in a church. Yes. And, and in a little Venetian church. Oh my God. Oh my God. And during the Biennale, that's what happens, right? Like there's the big Biennale, but then there's also the, all of these, they call them collateral events that are happening. And some of them are in these like weird little churches or you know, in all these different places all over Venice and different palazzos and stuff. And so now I'm trying to manifest somehow because I've, yes. I've, I've been to the shows in the tiny churches. And I'm like, how does that even happen? How right. who calls you from the church? Like, I, I, yeah. I, don't, know, I don't know 
know how that happens. And so that's what I'm trying to research slash manifest because showing this work in a Venetian church, I, I think I would walk in just like you with the National Gallery or whatever. I think you'd walk in and just cry. Yeah. Like, you know, I can't even imagine being in the situation. The, the National Gallery to me is because like, um, probably, I mean, I saw so much great artwork, but one that was like, my mom worked for a member of parliament. So she got these like special tickets to go to a Picasso show. Mm -hmm. And that was, so everybody was like, really like, I've been there during the day on field trips with school and you know, it's a different vibe, but I was like, it was like a fancy to do. And like, you got to go and it was like the pre-show or whatever. And so I felt really special. And then I got to see like real in life Picasso. And so just to be like on a wall that once hung Picasso, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, even if he's nowhere in the gallery when I'm there, it doesn't matter. Just to be like at the same, it's just so cool. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just like amazing. It to is. Me. Okay. So, well, it's all out there. Yeah. We've said it all. And that, now get, we so, just wait, I guess. Yes. Well, do you, do you watch TikToks? <laughs> Sometimes. I'm not that hip and cool though, you know. Okay. Well, I love TikToks and okay. there's one, there's one right now that's going around and everybody's like, use this words on your TikTok and it will happen. And it says, I don't chase, I attract. What belongs to me will simply find me. So that's what we need in our minds. Okay. Come on, TikTok. <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> oh my God. If ma- just imagine if TikTok does have magical power. I know, right? Well, I think it's the mantra that you're supposed to have in oh, your brain okay, over it's and not over. TikTok. Got it. Okay. But they're but they're saying that it's magic if you make a video. But anyway, I'm just I'm I'm just gonna do it in my brain. Let's yeah, see what happens. Don't yeah. come into that whole chain letter situation. Just sponsor no. in your head. <laughs> um, I'm in. I'm gonna do that one too, and then we'll report back. Okay. So are you ready for the not so speedy speed round that I'm gonna make yeah. up as we go? Oh, I thought that was it. Okay, sorry. Oh no, yep, no, I'm ready. No, I'm ready. Okay, coffee or tea? 100% tea. Never drank coffee in my whole life. Oh, no. All right. Well, I don't, I don't feel like the smell. People say, oh, but you must like the smell. No, I do not. Wow. I think I, think I should drink coffee, though, because I think I could use the caffeine, but I don't know. It doesn't appeal. Wow. I, I don't even know what to say because <laughs> I think I have, like, coffee coursing through me instead of blood. But anyway, okay. No judgment. Um, okay. There you are, Nova Scotia. Lobster. How do you feel about lobster? Yes or no? That's a no. Don't eat lobster. Don't eat any seafood at all whatsoever. Really? I know. It's so... See, back to the whole stereotype about Scotians. So my my sister, my daughter and I, zero seafood. Like, she can't even take the smell. My husband and son, like, they'd get buried in it. They're just... (laughs) My, my parents live on the water, right? Like, and next to them isn't a house. It's the wharf, the fishing wharf. Yeah. And so they go down and like get lobster from the fishermen. Like everybody else is like so into it, very living up to the stereotype. But me and my daughter, that's a no, 100%. Wow. Have you ever, there's a follow-up. Uh, have you ever been to one of those lobster church dinners in the basement? No. No, I've done- down, another, On principle? I just, I don't know. There's like strawberry suppers. I've been to one of those. Okay. It's like, it's like 
usually chicken and cold salads and like strawberry shortcake. Okay. But, but I've never done a lobster one, but there's one place that was called lobsters on the lawn and you would go and they had like picnic tables and then they'd bring you your cooked lobster there. And I've, I, I didn't eat any lobster, but I went with family to that. So, you know, kind of. Wow. Okay. Crazy. <laughs> no yeah. coffee, no lobster. Nope. Cool. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Um, hmm, this is my little go-to. Would you rather, I'll throw one of those in there. Let's see. Would you rather live in New York or Paris? Oh, that's hard. I've actually been to both of those places so I can have an actual idea. I don't know. Probably New York. Yeah. I mean, Paris is and was beautiful, but it might be a bit too prim and proper for me. Like New York is a bit more (laughs) grungy and edgy. You know, I'm sure there's prim and proper people there, but I feel like it's a little bit more down and dirty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That is an excellent answer. Um, Okay. And so this I usually, oh, I know. I, this, I like this one. Um, and we'll finish with this. Um, first car you ever had? Uh, well, first car, like, that's, so Eric had a car, but it was his car. So does that count? Or like the first car I bought? Uh, yeah, sure. His. What, what was that? Did you get to drive it? Yeah, I drove it. So he, and I helped him pick it out. Okay. That's good enough. It was a secondhand Nissan Sentra. Nissan Sentra. Can't picture that. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. I know. It does. It doesn't look anything like the nice Nissan Sentras now. Oh my God. Can I tell you one like really funny story about it though? Of course. It'll be quick. I promise. (laughs) That's like the not so speedy speed route. It doesn't have to be quick. So the car was like dying when we were having our first child. So we decided we needed a like good car, right? Like he would say it was so rusty when you got out of it, you needed a tetanus shot. So it was bad. (laughs) So we didn't know what to do with it. And normally like sometimes you have to pay to get the car taken away or whatever, because it was so bad. So instead we put it on, I think at the time it was Kijiji for free if somebody wanted, because it wasn't starting, something was wrong with it. We didn't want to put any more money into it, whatever. So he gets, somebody reaches out to him, says, yeah, sure. I'll take it off your hands. My brother-in-law is a mechanic or whatever. So Eric's like, all right, the guy comes, we sign all the paperwork so that, it, you know, we're not going to get, you know, he goes and robs somewhere and we get paid right, right. because it's our car. No. So we do all the paperwork. The guy takes it away. It was not working. Right. So his brother-in-law shows up in our driveway. Somehow, miraculously, they get this tin rusted box started. They drive away. Next day was a beautiful day. We were driving. I think I was in my parents' car with them. And who do we see? The people who we gave the free car. Full, the car was full. The windows were rolled down. They had like a little smiley face bobble on the antenna. Blasting music in this rusted out tin box. They were so happy. It was hilarious. Oh but wasn't, that, wasn't that great? I was That's so happy. That's amazing. Was that in Nova Scotia? Yeah, that's in Nova Scotia. See, the people there, they're so happy. It's probably because they get free cars. Apparently. <laughs> they're probably oh, on their right. way to a, a church lobster dinner in a basement. 
No, I think they were on their way to like a tractor pull or something like that. <laughs> like, so they Oh were my God. That is, that is awesome. I had a little, yeah. um, my first car was, um, well, it was my dad's car, his little commuter car that he drove to work. And, um, it was a little blue, like Toyota Corolla, like a 1983 Toyota. Oh Corolla. yes. And, and, um, when my parents, that's what I learned to drive on. And, uh, and then when my parents, they moved to Belgium when I was still, I still had a year of high school to go and I refused to leave. So yes. I lived with family members, family friends here and they left me the Corolla while oh. everybody, it was very blue. Um, and I had <laughs> the skinniest arms. I was such a stick insect in high school and, um, everyone called, my nickname was Grover, because uh, <laughs> of Sesame Street Grover. And then, um, and then I got this blue car so they really the, were Grover. Yeah, they called it the Grover yes. Mobile. And still to this day, high school people will be like, oh, they still call me Groves. And then they're like, oh, the Grover Mobile. Good times. That's hilarious. <laughs> and oh my God, I think we're like like parallel people because the car I learned to drive on was a white Corolla. Was it was your standard? Yeah. Mine was standard. My mom insisted you need to learn stick shift. Yeah, so I learned on here. that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm so white and pasty pale that my nickname was Casper. No. <laughs> and I had the white Corolla. You're a grower with the blue and I'm Casper with the white. So there you go. I don't oh know. my God. See, this is why the not so speedy speed round exists. Because oh how would God. we have ever in our lives gotten <laughs> to that story? We Who could wants know to each know? other for the next 50 years and we would, that would have never come up. Yeah, I guess that's so true. Oh my god. Oh my god. So funny, Danielle. Well, we have covered everything now with Casper and Grover. That was so <laughs> awesome. This is gonna make people so freaking happy because I think we just talked for two hours. Oh my god, I'm so okay. Don't I won't say, say it again. Sorry. I won't say you know what you say? say? You say you're welcome. Okay. You, that was, I, how about that was awesome. I love chat. Like I knew I was going to like talking to you and then it just got recorded. So I know, you right? know. it's so yeah. fun. That's the whole point of the podcast. It's like, I just get to talk to fun people about art. Okay. Like, why would I not do that? Um, right? yeah. well, so, okay. Let's tell people so they can find you. I'm going to do a great big post with all of your links and links to Instagram. And I bet half these people follow you anyway. Um, and so I'll, I'll put, um, as we've been talking, I've been taking screen grabs of all these Instagram things. Cause I found the yellow dress that you talked about. I, yeah. So I've got all of that on there. So I'll do a great big post so everybody can see. And, um, yeah, like I, let's go manifest some stuff and uh, yes. see what happens. Let's do it. Okay, I'm even going to write that mantra in the post so that everyone can repeat it. Awesome. Let's talk. TikTok forever. And that's when I was chatting with Ashley, she's like, you know, wouldn't it be awesome? Because I was saying, like, thank you for supporting me. You know, I'm starting out, whatever. She's like, look, I want the world filled with like successful millionaire artists. And I'm like, yes, Ashley, abundance for all, right? This is what we need to put out into the world. So hopefully, you know, we can just spread a little bit more of that. I love it. High fives. Um, well, thank you again so, so much. Um, you go and have a rest. You've, it's evening there for you now. I've got to go pick up a kid from school pretty soon. Um, and thank you again so much for taking the time to do this with me. Thanks, Danielle. I hope to talk to you again soon. We will. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Well, that was fun. (laughs) Hilarious, energetic, and an unstoppable force. I am so excited to see what happens next for Celine. It is going to be amazing no matter what it is. All of the images and links that we talked about are over on my site, thegelscurated.com. So if you're not there already, pop over and take a look. Thanks to Casper, oh, sorry, I mean Celine, <laughs> for taking a huge chunk of her day to help me make the longest episode of Art for Your Ear ever. Thanks to Storyblocks for supporting this episode, and of course, great big thank yous to you for listening. I will be back with a brand new episode of Art for Your Ear in two weeks. See you then.